0: I'm sorry. Welcome to Blog Talk. There Radio we go. In high fidelity.
1: Welcome to the Along Came a Writer Network. Opinions expressed in our shows do not necessarily reflect those of the network. Welcome to the Lena Nelson Dooley Show on the Along Came Marauder Blog Talk Radio Network. Today I will be interviewing uh, Mike Misrahi. Is that is that the correct pronunciation?
0: It sure is.
1: Okay, I yes. thought I had it right. Uh, Mike is is an Author who's been who's written a lot of things, but his first novel uh, came out this year. And uh, I inter- had him on my blog, and I became very interested in uh, his novel and, and the subject matter. And so uh, I, I contacted the literary publicity firm and said, I'd like to interview him on my radio show. Mike has a master's degree in public relations, advertising and applied communication from Boston University. After a career in corporate public affairs he retired to pursue a deep passion, writing. He and his wife Karen led a mission trip to the Dominican Republic of Democratic Republic of Congo four years ago and were so moved by the experience he wrote his first novel which he hopes will one day be published. The Great Chattanooga Bicycle Race is his debut published work. He loves reading and writing stories about sozo, which means to be rescued, in Greek. He and Karen are very active in their church and community and love to hike, travel, and go to the movies together. They live in Woodlands, California, where they raised their children, who are now adults. Well, Mike, I'm really glad to have you here. Uh, and Lena,
0: I'm privileged privileged
1: to be here. Thank you. Uh huh. Let's see. I thought. I, I thought. Okay. Here we are. Uh, reader, uh, listeners. You, if you want to uh, get in contact with Mike, it's www dot dot com. And if you uh, didn't get that down, get your pencil while you're listening and. We'll do this at the end. Uh, he's also on Facebook as author Mike Mizrahi and Twitter on at Mike H-M-I-Z. And I know that he's as, like I am. He loves to hear from fans. He loves to hear from readers. now Mike, That's absolutely uh, correct. This, <laughs> Yeah. This book, The Great Chattanooga Bicycle Race, Um I was, I was really interested in that uh, because I, I like finding uh, interesting events in, uh, to write a novel about. Uh, what, what brought you to this particular subject?
0: Well, you know, I, I was um, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to write about next, and uh, I was doing a little bit of web hopping. And I came across an article about um, a woman, um, uh, Annie uh, Londonderry Kopchowski was her name, uh, back in the 1890s, who was 23, a mother of three, who took a bet from two Boston businessmen that she could not ride around the world on a bicycle um, let alone that, but do it within fifteen months and beat the record of a gentleman who did the same thing back in the late eighties. I was fascinated by that, and uh, so I delved into uh, into the period and and the subject of the bicycle, and uh, I was just kind of blown away. Stuff I never knew. Uh
1: huh. Uh huh. Uh, so, uh, can you tell us kind of? What parts, we all know fiction, uh, are the stories of our particular characters and their families and things are fiction part of the novels, That what uh, many uh, historical fiction writers like to include actuality also. So tell us kind of what is the made up part of your story and uh, some of the things that are Actual true things in your novel, without giving away, yeah. <laughs> without giving yeah. away your story.
0: Right. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll focus on on um, kind of the broader themes in the novel, and then some specific places uh, um, and events that I wrote around. Okay. Just kind of on on the higher level, Lena. Um, what's true. Uh, that is is in my book, is that the 1890s was um, when the women's movement really became fast-tracked. Susan B. Anthony wrote in the the mid-90s that the bicycle did more to emancipate women than anything else in the world. When I read that, I thought, who would have known? And yeah. and the more yeah, and the more I read and, and just think about um what women were wearing uh pro, you know, kind of in the Victorian era. Um and uh they were wearing these big thick hooped skirts and when the the kind of common day well, bicycle now, hoop, was invented. But
1: actually hoops hoop skirts were back closer to the Civil War. Yes, the they 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 were gone. Yeah,
0: but they were they were when the first bicycle came out. Um, what changed those styles, you know, more so in the South, actually, was uh-huh. the bicycle. Women wanted to ride cool. the bike, so manufacturers started producing longer kind of um, skirt dresses that actually fell to the ankle. And even that was considered scandalous, let alone uh, bloomers. Um, and there's, there's an yes. interesting quote that I came, uh, came across that was printed in the L.A. Herald uh, on September 15, 1895. And in part it says, in almost every southern newspaper, the appearance of a pair of bloomers treated almost as would be the coming ashore of a sea serpent. <laughs> And I thought, yes. okay, so what's true what's true in history and true in my book is that women by the 1890s, 1890s were wearing a variety of different clothing uh uh pieces right. that here before they never wore, but it was not happening in the South. And that's why I chose to to locate my book in Chattanooga. Yeah,
1: yeah. The uh the bloomers uh was a major, a major, major effect. And also, uh, you're, as you say, it was, it was so scandalous. Uh, uh, and the thing is, it, it, people, the men talked about how revealing bloomers were. And bloomers mm-hmm. didn't reveal a blooming thing. <laughs> that's,
0: that's absolutely right. I mean, what, what it did show is from the knees down, the women, you know, um, uh, with these bloomer outfits, wore kind of leggings, you yeah. know, something yes. that came to leggings, and so it showed yes. their leg. Whereas previously, the even the, previously, even with the yeah, yeah, but
1: yeah, and and uh, they thought you men would would just wouldn't be able to to remain uh, uh, honorable men if you saw the shape of the calf. <laughs>
0: Well, that's exactly right, but here's the big thing that that caught the attention uh, of people was that the bicycle provided a level of freedom and independence for the women that they never had before, and so... Part of the scandalous uh, uh, piece of this, or the concern of the community, especially in the South, was that women would hop on a bicycle and ride with a man, you know, out who knows where and do who knows what. And so uh, that became an issue of great concern. But, but But historically, Lena, again, now go back to Chattanooga, and that's where the story takes place. There are several scenes that I have, uh, as, as an author, you know, made up, but I've located them in, um, in locales uh, and during events that actually happened. I used real events. So I'll just give you one example of that, and and uh, and we can move on. In the book, at the end, in Act 3, there is a big race it's called, the, you know, the Great Chattanooga Bicycle Race. There is a big race, and it takes place in, a, in, in kind of a, um, a, uh, a stadium, if you will, a track, track stadium that they
1: uh-huh.
0: built in Chattanooga in June of 1895. And in September on Labor Day of 1895, the Chattanooga Cycling Club held the first ever annual um, uh, bicycle races in that uh, arena, and that is the locale. And during that first bicycle race is where I staged the main event of the book.
1: Yes, yes, uh, I I knew that uh, had to, that had to be a, the true one of the true things. Okay, you didn't write your first novel until after you retired. Have you always had a, the bug to write? If so, why did you wait so long to get started?
0: Well, you know, it's one of those things, Lena, that, you know, um, it's not a negative, but sometimes life, uh, as joyful as it is, gets in the way of of (laughs) kind of the things that we, you know, always anticipated that we would do. Writing for me has always been a passion. And, you know, initially early on, I, I found my outlet in things like songwriting And I went to school, became a journalist. Yeah. I became a journalist and worked on a newspaper uh, before getting my master's and kind of going into the business arena. Um, And then I had kids and raising kids and and, uh, being actively involved in our church and all of those things. I never got around to writing that big novel. And uh, so it took me a while.
1: Yeah. Um, I know that... In your bio, uh I noticed the thing about the uh, mission trip. uh my yeah. husband and i are, are very interested in missions. We've been some great supporters of missions for most of our adult life, but we've also I've gone on more than he has uh, but i've we've gone together on several and and uh i've I've gone on, oh probably more than a dozen mission trips. And so I really love mission trips. And I hope that you get your mission uh, novel published. And when you do, be sure and contact me, because we will have it on the blog and perhaps even on the radio show. Uh, I only do one a month of the radio show. And I do, you know, like four or five a week of the blog so I can do more people on that but I do I will be very interested in that when you get it published
0: Uh, well I I appreciate the invitation I'm I'm looking in 2018 to publish my second book it won't be that one Um, the book that I'll be publishing actually takes place between 1862 and 1865 and uh, and I'm uh-huh. very excited about this novel. It's called The Unnamed Girl. And again, it's based on something that's very historical. Well, um, well, that the, keep the, me in uh, your
1: promotional list, okay? I will, keep me on. I will. on your promotional
0: yeah, but list. But I, I do hope to publish the the uh, the book when I came back from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. I was changed forever. Yes. And, um, yes. And I wrote that book and I, and I will go back to it. You know, um, it's a contemporary novel and I, you know, I just have this love for history, Lena.
1: Yeah. Well, one of my dear friends who actually I, I've hosted a critique group in my home for well over 25 years. And one of my dear friends from some of the earlier years, uh, middle years, maybe um, that, while her husband was in the seminary here she came to my critique group and uh she lives there there in africa and uh she has written several novels set in africa uh since mm-hmm. she got over there she, she wrote uh, novels here before she went over there but i'm always i'm always interested in uh promoting those kind of books um the first time James and I went on a mission trip and it was into Mexico but we went to one of the uh, poorest parts of Mexico there uh and uh some people that were Mexican people who lived in Guadalajara when they went out there they did not know there was a place like that in Mexico you know mm-hmm. it was that poor And so Mm -hmm. I have a passion for promoting writers who will uh, go and do and help and then write about it. So, okay. uh, uh, Your leading lady, Anna, is described as an introvert, but she did something seemingly out of her nature. Uh, What inspired her to break out of her shell and try something new?
0: Well, in the book, um, uh, you read that Anna um, has a a horrible accident when she's uh, a young girl, when she's 13 years old. She's thrown from her beloved horse and uh, has a terrible break in her leg, and uh, the leg never heals properly, and she has a pretty severe limp. And her father helps that a little bit by, you know, making some special, having some special shoes made for her. But she spends a year in bed, and you know, whereas she was somewhat of a gregarious girl, she's now introverted and shy, wondering if, uh, you know, kind of what her future is, if men will ever be interested in her, and so she decides I have to uh, break out. I I love my parents; they live in, in Chickamauga. Uh, which is one valley over from Chattanooga, but she decides I'm going to use my skills as a seamstress, which she learns from her mother, and I'm going to go to work in the big city. That's very out of character for Anna, And, um, you know, really by the 1890s uh, women were beginning to kind of, you know, break out and come off the farm and uh, you know, work in various careers, but they still had a long way to go. So, she actually gets a job in in a major department store in, in Chattanooga, and then she goes to visit her aunt in New York, and that's where she falls in love with the bicycle. Her aunt teaches her how to uh, how to ride. She goes on a on a major bike ride with her aunt on a bike, the first ever bike path. There's history, Lena. The first ever <laughs> bike path, which stretched cool. from um, a park in Brooklyn. Uh, all the way to Coney Island, and was opened up in mid-June of 1895, so I incorporate that event uh, for Anna um, and her aunt to actually take that ride and come back. She finishes her visit with her aunt, goes back to Chattanooga, and she decides over the course of time, I'm going to ride on the. Streets of Chattanooga, even though that's not something women do here, so very out of character for her
1: yes yes uh i I was aware of that as I read the book uh by the way, listeners, I just finished reading the book uh this I think a couple of days ago, and um it kept me intrigued the whole time I was reading it. Uh, he has several subplots that give uh, depth and texture to his novel uh, that don't have anything to do with bike riding or or uh, uh, the scandalous dress, but, but have to do with other things that are going on in that time period. And I think you'll find it very interesting um, because I did not know this one item i'm not going to tell it because you need to read the book and find out but uh the 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 place where uh the gentleman was rescued from i was not aware that they did that particular thing and uh that was that was opened my eyes to something i hadn't seen before of course i'm like you i'm always trying to find something different and interesting that people don't know. And my novel that uh, we're having an American Christian fiction writers conference this week here. I I live in Texas and it's about 15 miles from my house. Uh, It's uh, At the uh, Gaylord in, in Grapevine, Texas. And so I'm going, I have, I had been to every conference we had from the beginning, like in 2000, all the way to 2013. And then I had knee replacement the next year and knee replacement the next year. And I've mm-hmm. missed three. And so I'm really looking forward to that. I'm trying to sell. Uh, I uh, We're, we're uh, sending proposals to a one that is that there is an event that happened in Texas, north of Waco. That
0: mm-hmm. was
1: when I first found out about it, it was, it blew me away. Yeah. They really didn't do it, And, and, but they did. And there's pictures I've seen, historical pictures of this horrible event that happened that, that they actually planned. Uh, and it of course went way wrong from what they thought was going to happen. So I like including mm-hmm. things like that, that can grab the reader. And, and I'm glad you did that. Uh
0: well, there's, uh, you know, Lena. One of the, uh, uh, one of the, what I find to be the great joys of doing, uh, of writing historical fiction, is yeah, actually, the, is research the research
1: process. <laughs>
0: it, it's, it's so much fun. It could be, it can drive you crazy, because you know, you can, you can go down so many rabbit holes looking for certain yeah. things and never find them, you know, but. When you find there's so many nuggets that are buried in history, and when you find them, it it just brings a smile to my face. And then being able to incorporate things like that into writing is so much fun. I, with my
1: with my McKenna's daughter series, I, I wrote a series uh, that's been out a while. Um, but it with my McKenna's daughter series, it takes the first book takes place in Seattle washington territory in 1885 and mm. i could not find i could not find anything to where i could picture it you know i like to picture it i like to because I, I come from a drama background and um, and theater and i've done some uh some t- tv and those kind of things and i i'd like to everything i picture it in my mind and so i couldn't find and i uh, when I start first started writing uh, full time, I had been I I'm a people person, and so I wanted mm-hmm. I knew that I would need to be around people, and so I volunteered in the library. So I learned about all about the library and how it works, and the, the adult research adult re- resource person will help you with research. So I called the library in Seattle, and Asked yep. them I told her I don't I don't want you to do my research for me, but can you give me some place to look? I've looked for books, I've looked for websites, i you know, and Seattle in the year 2000, they had digitized a number right. of books written in the 1800s, late 1800s, they, she sent me a whole book <laughs> that was by decade mm-hmm. of things so I could find things out. And, but they also had published, they had digitized thousands and thousands and thousands of historical photos and they had them up yeah. on a website. Yeah. She sent it to me. Yeah. So I was able to print up all the pictures I needed to create the city of Seattle so that I could see it. So exactly. <laughs> research. K- k- can I research?
0: Yeah, can I do research? Is, can I do a shout out yes.
1: for, for for libraries?
0: So, you know, based yes. on what you're talking about. Um, yes. and this is for for all you know um, writers out there or people who want to write their first book. Um, when I started doing research, I did about two months worth of research, on, research, on, on, the research the on the internet, and. Then I called up uh, the head of the genealogy and history department history at the Academy of Public Library. Her name is Mary Helms, and now she's a very close and friend uh, of mine. But Karen and I, I told her she got so, got so excited about the project. I sent her a list of questions that I had, holes that I had in my research. And she started feeding she started the information over the internet. The internet. And then we went back to to Chattanooga, site visit, and I spent half a week right outside of Mary's office while she actually pulled um, historical records and documents and maps and even city directories for for the uh, year 1895 that showed all of the uh, businesses and uh, clubs and all of that. She, she, she was a gem, just a, gem. a diamond, just that, a diamond that, I that I found. So I'm with you. All. Yeah, we go to your public libraries and use.
1: Them. Yes, yes, uh, uh, the they are one of the most valuable resources because you can find a lot of things on the internet that's not true. And yep. when when they have the actual, I know I'm. The book that I uh, am working on it's set north. It's set in Waco and north of Waco, and and uh, we are going. I'm going to be speaking in Waco in January, and I'm going to while while we're there, we are going to spend some time uh, looking. I want to look. I want to see if we can get uh, cop- at, copies of the actual newspapers that had because I've seen photos but just a few photos to see how many photos they had of this big event that yes, that yeah. is good. That is a good word for any writer out there. And uh, one other thing I would like to ask you, our time's kind of getting away from us. It goes so fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know uh, no, I'm having fun. <laughs> yeah. What, what piece of ins- inspirational wisdom do you hope, Readers will ride away with after reading the Great Chattanooga Bicycle Race.
0: Oh heavens! There's uh, you know, um, you know, there's a, there's a variety of themes that I interweave in the in the race. Um, yeah, I, for me, uh, and I hope uh, it comes out of my writing. You know, we're all looking to find joy, and you know, real joy comes not from things or, or experiences, but it's really what we hold in our heart is being excellent and and praiseworthy yes. and just and um, you know to grow into the people that we want to like Hannah wants to be um, in the book it requires patience it requires courage and in you know in the shadows yes. of adversity. And one last thing, Uh, you know, the writer of Ecclesiastes, this is, this always stays with me personally as I write. You know, um, King Solomon writes about uh, life above the sun and life below the sun and how life below the sun sun in this world are, you know, are things that, you know, can be good, but they will fade. Life above the sun, or things that are, are good, great, uh, and with God's help, we'll live on um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we'll be blessed. So, Anna learned yes. that from Hattie Washington in the book. Hattie, Hattie teaches that to yes. her. And yes. it's something I hope, you know, is something that any reader can grab a hold of and, uh, and well, you, can be well, you, also,
1: by. you also contrasted a man of honor. And a man of, of dishonor, and right. you lifted up honor, and I really love that. Now, we're getting really close to the end, so I want to once again give your website com, and uh, he's on Facebook, is author Mike Mizrahi, and Twitter at MIZ and i want to thank you for being with us today i've thoroughly enjoyed it mike
0: oh you know i listened the honor and pleasure and privilege was mine and i and i thank you for having me thank you for having me yeah.